There we go. Okay, so we're beginning Parak uh, Dalad. Um, okay, the first three chapters were basically, uh, the first one was an introduction explaining uh, a little bit more about the basics of tshuva and, um, and then going into um, really a side point that lasted now for two chapters, which is this idea of fasting and exactly where does that fit into the whole picture because uh, in previous years and even according to you know previous holy books it does talk about the idea of fasting and it's almost synonymous with the idea of tshuva and so what the Rebbe first uh, did was showed that it's not the same thing that they're not synonymous that really tshuva is a standalone thing and fasting is a standalone thing and the two are not interdependent in other words in order to do tshuva you do not need to fast However, having said that, now the Rebbe did say that the idea of tshuva is very much predicated not on um, the fact that I made a mistake and I need to, um, you know, I, something bad is going to happen to me, so let me get, get cracking with it, let me fix it up before that bad thing happens. It's much more about a relationship between myself and Hashem, and based on that relationship between myself and Hashem, Right? I want to try to make sure that I have the greatest relationship, the closest relationship, and I'm going to use the fasting as a way... Oh, maybe that. I'm going to use the fasting as a way to make the relationship closer. Just like a person that has, in the analogy that he gives, is a person that is wanting to develop his relationship with a king after he did something wrong. The king forgives him. Right? He drops the charges, so to speak. But in terms of the relationship, the relationship might be terrible. So he wants to give the king a present. So that's basically what we've been discussing for the last two chapters, how to give the king the present. And we, you know, we concluded that fasting is really not our thing uh, based on who we are, our bodies, our strengths, whatever. But what we can do is try to give as much tzedakah as possible. And that is really the way to do it. Now, Having said that, now we get into the, the nitty-gritty of the actual, what is tshuva itself? In other words, how is this whole thing supposed to work? And if you really think about it, it doesn't make any sense. Because essentially the idea of tshuva is to fix up something that already happened. And in essence, if it already happened and I already did a certain amount of damage... How are you really supposed to fix that up? How is that really supposed to work? Right? Because what we're going to see is that when a person does an Avera, it's not just that he did an Avera on himself, and therefore he is in trouble, and therefore he has to be punished, and therefore he is going to jail or whatever. You know, that's not what it's about. It's much more of a broader scale in terms of when a person does something wrong, they cause there to be a wrongness, a problem in all of existence. And not only all of existence, but even in Hashem Himself, Kaviyachal. Right? And so when a person looks at it from that perspective, first of all, we have to understand what it is that we actually do when we do something wrong. The second point is, we have to figure out how is this supposed to work that we can fix it up? If we really did something wrong, so how are we supposed to actually fix it up? Sorry, I'm hanging in that way just because the sun is coming from this direction. It's going right in my eyes. Okay, so he says like this. Perigdal, let's start again. From Perigdal, we didn't start, actually we didn't do this before. Let's start. Va'ulam kolanal 
So we explain now in Parak's base and Gimel all about fasting and about tzedakah, right? And how they really are not part of the essence of the tshuva itself, right? Really what, what they are are the after it's already finished the tshuva and how to fix the or how to complete the atonement process Miruka nefesh, you know, in other words, how to, so to speak, polish off the soul, right? And, you know, to become essentially the way one was prior to any problems. Like it, we quoted earlier from the Gemara in Zvachim. That the Ayla offering is like a present in order to make a person acceptable, right, in God's eyes, through a, so to speak, an intermediary, an, an advocate, right, someone who is going to help the process along. Amnam haschalas mitzvah satshuva ve'ikara lashuv ad havaya be'emes belev shalem. However, in terms of the actual doing of the mitzvah of tshuva, which is to return to Hashem in a true way, with a full heart. What does that mean? No? What's Hechrech? Hechrech. Needed. We need Levire to explain. Hetiv. From the word Toiv, right? We need to give a much better and broader explanation as to what exactly this is, this whole tshuva thing. Harchava means broad. Harchava means wide, yeah, broad and wide, right? So he begins by quoting a zayar. What does the zayar say? Let's begin. Where are we going to begin? We're going to begin with the zayar. What does Zayar say? The Zayar is focusing on the actual word of tshuva itself. Right? So let's understand what is that. Right? So we already discussed before that it's in Perak Aleph that the idea of tshuva is stop doing the sin. Whatever sin you are doing, end it. Finish it. Don't do it anymore. Second point. To return to Hashem with a full heart. Right? So how do we how do we understand this? Let's understand it through what the Zayar says. So let's start by explaining. The Zayar says as follows. It says, Toshuv Let's break down the word of Chuva into two parts. Toshuv, what means from the word shuv to return. Right? And hey, which is right, the letter hey. Now what is hey? Hey we know is from the Yud Kevavke name of Hashem. Right? So our job is Tashuv to return the hey back to where it needs to be. So we explained already earlier in Parak Aleph that don't make the mistake to think that Shuva is a singular thing in terms of, oh, a person, I missed out on 
you know, keeping Shabbos this Shabbos, whatever, Chas Vashon, right? So I have, to, I have to fix up for... No, that's not what you have to fix up. A person has to fix up that he went against Hashem. Hashem said, this is how to handle things. And he said, I have other ideas. So we had a, we had a, a difference of opinion. That is the etzim uh, nekuda the, the of what tshuva is. Tshuva is getting my mind back into alignment with Hashem's mind. Right? It's not a singular thing. I mean, it's a singular thing as well. But it's a bigger concept. It's a bigger issue that's taking place here. So that is based on the idea of tashuv hey. We have to return the letter hey. So what's the letter hey? So there's hey tata, which is, which is the hey tata? The last one. Right, which stands for what? What's hey? What's the hey last hey? I didn't hear what you said. It stands for something? Yeah. So our world? No. What is the last hey? And you gave up key name? Every letter corresponds to one. I mean, it corresponds to a lot of things, but one main thing. Right, Malchus. Right. Remember, the Yud Kevavke name, right, can be divided into four partsufim. Par- partsuf, remember, is what? Anyone remember? No. A partsuf, right, is a group of spheres working together. Right? So, for example, you have the letters Yud corresponds to Chachma, right? So that's the partsuf of Chachma in the world of Atzilus, right? So that partsuf of Chachma in Atzilus also has all the other four partsufim in it as well, or ten spheros in it. You could divide it either way. So you could have the Yud of the Yud, the He of the Yud, the Vav of the Yud, right? You have all the different partsufim of that. But generally speaking, whenever you're talking about the spheres of Atzilus, you're talking about four partsufim, four groupings. So you have Yud, which is Chachma, or in the Kabbalistic language, you call it Abba. The second He is Bina, which corresponds, it's called Ema, mother, in, in the language of the Kabbalah. The Vav is the Vav Katsais, for six different directions, which is the the six different midos from chesed all the way to your side, right? So that's called zah, right? Or zer anpin. And then you have the final hay, which is the idea of malchus, and sometimes it's called nukva. Sometimes it's even called nukva the zah, right? The different names that it's called in Kabbalah, but it's basically the concept of malchus, yes? That's only nine, though. What happened to that? No, it's ten, because we have, we also have keser on top. That's the point on the top of the yud. But generally speaking here, we're talking about four. We're talking about four, four parts of him, right? So four includes it. So you're asking, where is Das? So either you count Kesser or you count Das usually. So usually when we're talking about parts of him, we're talking more about Kesser, which is above it all, right? Kabish, everyone's good with this? Now, so we're saying here that we have this idea of returning the hay in Hashem's name. So we have two hays. Right? When you look at the name, you understand that there's a hey in the beginning of the name, which is corresponding to Bina. Right? And you have a hey at the end of the name, which is corresponding to Malchus. So this, you know, obviously then also applies to both of these heys. You have the hey tata, right? which is known as Chuva tata, which is the hey of Malchus. 
right? So that's one of the hays. And then you have the hay, which is the higher hay, right? Right, which is the idea of hey law, which is the idea of which is a hey law, bina, right, bina or ema, which is tashuva law, right. So you have two different aspects that need to be, so to speak, put back into place, right. The malchus aspect, right, which is corresponding to the lower hey, and you have bina aspect, which is corresponding to the higher hey. Okay, so we need to understand how what this means. Obviously, then we said that we can call it by two names, Chuva Tata and Chuva Ila. Okay, so that's the first thing we have to understand. Bega also means we have to understand the following as well. Right, it mentions the Zayr in various places. She'ain Chuva Mo'elis Lepoygim Briso Umotsi Zera Lebatala. It says in various places in the holy zayar that a person that uh, messes up with his bris and sh- spills seed for no reason right that tshuva is not able to help that process not able to help you not able to help me not able to help any of us so he says so this is question number two question number two is this is very wondrous why is it wondrous why? Because it says elsewhere, right? The Rambam explains it also in, in Hilchas Tshuva, it's a Yerushalmi, right? Right, it talks about it in Zayr also, that nothing could stand in the way of Tshuva. Nothing. And even the three worst sins, which we talk about, Avodazara, right? Gilu Yarayas, right? And Shrikas Damim. Right, all of these sins, which are the worst sins that a person is supposed to, so to speak, die for, as opposed to doing them, even these can be taken care of through tshuva. So we have to understand what does it mean when it says that tshuva cannot help with this particular sin of spilling our seed. So this is question number two. So first we have to understand what does it mean, hey. Returning the hay, both the lower level and the higher level. And second thing we have to understand now is what does it mean that we can't fix this up? Like, why, why can't we fix this up? Weiter. So in the Reishis Chachma, famous book. What's the Reishis Chachma? Anyone ever heard of that book before? We have one Chatan here, right? Who is, what's Reishis Chachma? Who was it written by? What, what is it about? Reishis Chachma is a book written by one of the students of the Ramak, Right? Very famous book in Musr, where it's Musr according to Zayar, and split up into all different types of chapters, right? Dealing with various topics, Ava, Yira, Tshuva, Kedusha, etc., etc. And it goes and it quotes from the Zayar. That's what it uses as its support. It's basically by it, you, by, uh, the Rebbe was in very much in favor of Hasanim, reading, learning certain aspects, certain chapters of Reishis Chachma. Right, and that we should do that as a preparation before we get married. Right, so Reishis Chachma is a very important safer that we have. And over there it says, Shekavanas Hazayar She'ein Mo'elis Tshuva Tata Ki'im Tshuva Ilah. Okay, so we, we, we understand that there's an answer to this question, right? That the answer to the question is that, in fact, there are. 
as we mentioned before, two different levels of tshuva, which we really don't understand what those are. We'll have to get into it. It's obviously the author of is going to explain them to us. But when the Zayir says that we cannot fix up spilling seed, it's referring dafka to tshuva tata. But tshuva ilah, that could do it. That's what we don't know. We don't know yet what is tshuva tata. We just know there's a category called tshuva tata, which is referring to returning the hey, which is the malchus dika hey, back to the name of God. And we know there's a tshuva ilah, which is returning the hey of the bina level to, to Hashem, right, to the yudke vavke. We don't understand what they are yet, but obviously he's going to discuss it. But we know for sure that this aspect, this question that we have on the Zayar, right, that the Zayar mentions that, that we cannot fix, right, this terrible sin, right, which is, you know, difficult for all men, right, through Tshuva Tata. That's what the Reish Chachma explains. So, Hine, let's ask another question. So in order to understand this at least a little bit, right, now the Alter Rebbe is going to preface it with another point. In order to understand everything that we said before, now remember, the Alter Rebbe's style, right, we see it in Likutei Torah all the time, is he asks question number one, then he asks question number two, then he asks question number three, and then he says, in order to understand all this, we have to preface it with question number four, and then he goes, develops question number four, and through understanding question number four, you can then understand question number three, you understand question number two, and then understand question number one, okay? So now he's setting us up in the same way, right? So we want to understand what is this tshuva tata, what is this tshuva ilah, what does it have to do with Hashem's name, what does it have to do with Malchus, what does it have to do with Bina? We discussed now an idea of uh, spilling seed. Now we're going to ask a new idea, another preface. The next preface is that we know that there's a concept called Misa Bidei Shamayim and Karis. Right? Karis means what? What is Karis? Cut off. That's right. That a person, because of whatever sin he did, he is considered cut off from Hashem. His soul is literally cut away from Hashem. Right? There's another concept called Misa Shemayim. Misa Shemayim is that it's not talking about a base thing down here that we decide, right, we see that the person did something wrong, he was warned, he went ahead and did it anyway, and they bring him to base thing and they give him a particular punishment of death or whatever the punishment is, right? That's not what we're talking about here. There's another one that's called Misa Shemayim. Misa Shemayim is that Hashem takes things into his own hands, and he decides that based on these acts that this person has done, it's time to say goodbye, and that's it. It's over. Okay, now, what does it mean? What are we talking about here? That when a person, right, when a person does some sort of a vera, which he is chayiv for it, the punishment of chorus, so it says in the Yerushalmi that a person that does this particular sin, he is going to die before he's 50 years old. That's the ruling. And a person who is chayiv 
for a sin that is Misa Bideshamayim, he is going to die before he's 60 years old. Right? Where do we see this? Kechananya ben Azur Hanavi Biyirmiya. Right? Like we see by the story of uh, the story of Hananya ben Azur that he was saying Nivu Shekhar, he was saying false uh, uh, false uh, prophecy, right? Which seems to be a, that was a certain problem at that time. It's hard to understand how these people did this, but whatever. Um, you know, I always think about that. I mean, I know that like they had this tremendous Yetzirah, like it must have been like it, I mean, they were obviously tremendously challenged, right? Because these were obviously, you know, they're great people when we're reading about them, you know, 2,000 years later. But anyway, um, he said, right, that that he said that he's going to break you know, just to give you the, the, the quote that he said over there in, in Perik Chavches of, um, of, of the Sefer over there, that he says, of Yirmiya, that uh, this is, uh, uh, you know, quote for you, the, the, the Nevuah. He said, this is what Hashem says, that um, he's going to break the yoke of the king of Babel in another two years' time. He's going to return everything back to place, all the, all the kalim of the base of Migdash, Right, which Nebuchadnezzar took, and uh, you know this is this is this is what he was saying. Now, Yirmiyah Navi said, "This is what what are you talking about? You know, <laughs> this is you're going to die because you're quoting Hashem, and you're quoting Hashem wrong, completely wrong. You know, this is not this is not what Hashem is saying, right? So the bottom line is that this was an example of a person, right, that had Misa, right, Bide Shemayim declared upon him, and Yirmiyah was like, you know." You're going to you're going to die within the year. <laughs> That's it. You're, you're, this is crazy, right? So from here, it's it's shown, right, that a person by that has the punishment of misa bidesha mayim, he's mamish going to die. That's 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 the idea, right? So he died specifically in that year for the Adavera, right? That he was, and not only that, right. Because it said, Dafka, Yermia said, you're going to die in this year. That's it. Right? On the other hand, we see that there are other people. Um, what's it? Hmm? Yaakov, you should go into Rabbi Wagner's class in room B. Uh, no worries, no worries. Don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then we see Lefamim Gam Bemisa Bideshamaim Nifraim La Alter, Kamomatsinim Babair Bainin. And sometimes when you have Misa Bideshamaim, Hashem causes it to happen immediately. Like we saw by Aaron Oinin. Who's Aaron Oinin? We made reference. The bend the sons of of Yehuda, right. Married Tamar. That it says that they that they did not put their seed inside of Tamar, right? That was the idea that for various reasons, right? But they let it go on the outside. So we saw that they, were di- they died right away. On the other hand, the Alter Rebbe challenges this with, with a very interesting question. He sees, and he says like this, we find Nevertheless, we see 
that there are many people in all the generations, including our generations, that are really chayiv misid bideshamayim, chayiv karas, and they live long, happy, and healthy lives. Right? They're enjoying life very, very much, and they live until 80, 90, 100 years old. So, hey, Tachin. How do we how do we how do we put these two things together? They seem like two completely opposites. Here we're seeing very clearly that the Yerushalmi teaches us, Torah teaches us that when a person does some of these types of sins, that he, there's a punishment awaiting him. You know, within a very a, lot, a specific allotted period of time, and yet we see that this doesn't seem to be happening. So, how does this work? Okay, so we have basically three questions. Okay, number one question is this idea of the two Hays, which is Tshuva Tata Tshuva Second question is this idea of sp- spilling seed Bichlal, and that we, why is it that Tshuva Tata is not enough for it? What, why, I mean, we asked Bichlal, the question is, the Zayar says that Tshuva doesn't work. So Reishis Chachma came along and said, but he means it's Tshuva Tata, but Tshuva does work. And so the obvious question to that is, why not? Why not? Like what's missing in Tshuva Tata that it can't fix this particular Avera? And number three is more of a general uh, question, right? Which is, which is the question of why is it that we see B'Poyal Mamish that despite the fact that we're told that by doing certain sins a person is going to die within a certain period of time, it's not here, not there. We're not seeing it. You know, it's very nice that in the book of Yirmiya, right, Yirmiyahu Anavi said, to uh, you know, to this person that he's going to die within the year, and he died within the year. But what does that have to do with us? Two thousand years later, or maybe even more. I don't know. Is it? Yeah, probably two, two, two and a, half, a little bit more than two thousand years later, right? That we see clearly with our own two eyes that this is not does not seem to be the situation. Good, everyone's clear. Okay, with that we can now uh, discar- start to describe the in, in of tshuva. And we could describe to describe the idea of a Jewish soul and what it is and, and what it's all about. Okay, here we go. Yeah. First of all, first we have to understand the greatness of a Jewish soul. That's what the rest of the chapter is going to be dealing with. What is the greatness of a Jewish soul, right? And then we'll be underst- able to understand. After we understand the greatness of a Jewish soul, we'll be able to understand what it is that we do when we do a actual sin and why a particular einish, why a particular punishment is able to help out the scenario in the greater scale of things. Okay, so let's start. And obviously how tshuva could fix the whole thing up. So we can understand what it's written. This is from the Parshas Hazinu, right? That from this Pasuk, right, that the Jewish souls are connected specifically, first and foremost, to their name Havaya. Right? They're a Chelik from the Shem Havaya. And in that way, it seems to be that we are different from the other creations. Yeah? And not only that, this is not implying that that's the way our souls were above in the upper worlds, but it's specifically the way our souls are down here, the way they're mislabish in a body. That even now, here, right now, that we are a chelik from the shame of Ayah. How do we know this? 
because this posik chelik havaya amo. So this posik is a hemshech of the posik that came before it that says yatsav gvulos amim lemispar bnei yisrael, and the, and Rashi explains right that we as a nation right are shayach to this level. So we have to understand what does that mean? Like, what, what, how does that apply? How does that apply to us? And he goes back to something that he said all the way back in the beginning of the Tanya in the Perak base. It says that Hashem blew into our nostrils and the Shama of life. And like it says, that when a person blows, he blows from his inside. What does that mean? In contrast to what? In contrast to what? Speaking. Exactly. In contrast to speaking. That when a person speaks, as we're going to see, a person could speak and speak and speak and speak and speak and speak forever. But when a person blows, it's coming from the panemius of the person. Right? But if you can imagine, when a person blows up a balloon, for example, when he blows up the balloon, he puts his whole energy into the balloon and he can only blow for a certain period of time. After that, forget it. He can't blow anymore. It's over. Right? Masha'in came talking. He could talk for hours and hours and hours. And we see some people do talk for hours and hours. So what's the distinction here? Why do we have this point? Okay, with that, I want to take a pause. I want everyone to, first of all, start by going over what we did. Right? Please go over it. Do Chazara now. And we'll continue, Mitzvah Hashem, with our journey, God willing, tomorrow. Okay?